0: Hi, this is AJ Bingham, and I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Regions Financial Corporation. Regions is a different kind of bank, with branches serving Central Texas from Austin to San Antonio and the Rio Grande Valley. Regions can assist your firm with its M&A and investment banking needs, as well as specialty finance in the technology, healthcare, defense, and aerospace sectors. Learn more about Regions at www.regions.com, and you can find more information in the episode notes. Now, on the show. Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com podcast and on iTunes and Google Play.
1: Hello, this is AJ, Bingham CEO of Bingham Group. Our guest today is Sergio Chavez, who's the managing director of Intermastic Partners, it's a Mexico City-based advisory firm focusing on, on government relations, geopolitical strategy, and business development. Um, Sergio and I have been talking uh, the last few weeks about some of the developments going on in Mexico and the cap- or Mexico City, the capital, um, just relates to relating to the new administration, the Obador administration, and what we're seeing on the business front in terms of capital flowing to the United States, in particular Texas. So with that, i to welcome Sergio to the show and let him introduce himself and his role at InterMestic and his role with InterMestic Partners and what they do more fully. Welcome to the show, Sergio.
2: Well, Jay, thank you very much. It's a privilege to be to be here. I'm a big fan of what you do in helping Austin kind of achieve that that transition into being a truly global city, yeah. and. Um, Thank you for the invitation. So I'm currently a managing director and general counsel at uh, Mechanometric Partners. And we're based in Mexico City and DC. And we focus on advising corporations on expanding into whether like it be from the US into Mexico or vice versa. through through this practice, we do manage a portfolio um, of companies and investments that seek to address uh, all the non-market actors of cross-border business, whether it be um, promoting or inviting legislation, raising uh, uh, fundraising for for uh, uh, growth equity. Um, um, like like in the expansion or creating a coalition of relevant business and government stakeholders. So we really take a macro approach when expanding, but always targeting the politics
1: of expansion first. Mm-hmm. So just a little background to in, or just kind of overview on what you're seeing now in terms of uh, developments in Mexico City as it relates to businesses and the trends there in terms of what's coming to the United States?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, as a background, the there's been a transition, uh, like political transition in Mexico these last couple of years because we saw a very international, friendly uh, Pena Nieto administration that was recognized for it for like opening Mexico's oil and gas sector to foreign investment and pushing really innovative government reform to the current AMLO administration, which transitioned into power based on a very disciplined anti corruption platform. So in this endeavor, what's happened is that you're seeing a style of government in Mexico that kind of dates back to a 1950s approach where the political decision-making and political power is based on the executive. And you're seeing as a consequence, very volatile economic policy making stemming from the president's office. Why? Because this is a new political party with limited economic policy making like experience that isn't relying on economic advisors for fear of corruption. Mm-hmm. So so in this process, you're creating a macro economic environment that is not really conducive to business because nobody really knows what the president is going to do next. So as a result, private news, um, you're seeing... Uh, conservable capital fight going from the from Mexico to the u s in this recent year, why because businessmen are afraid um, for the first time in a long time, nobody really knows how to gouge the like economics of this administration, so they just want a safe business environment and they're finding that in the u s
1: mhm. And particularly where you, you seeing investments see going uh, capitalized in the u s in the sectors We're seeing
2: alternative investments um, giving a bottle Trump administration as well. nobody really goes and uh, uh, like invest in the markets, but you're seeing a growth in Mexican investment in like alternative assets, uh, particularly real estate. Um, I know. Um, ourselves, we've gotten a lot of inquiries into, um, into expanding our uh, deal sourcing into real estate. And, and so, it, go ahead. No, and so in this capacity, we we have uh, uh, um, developed a project that has seized Mexican capital and. And placed it in the U.S. through our like Skybridge Arizona project, and so th- that's just an example of of the Mexican willingness to look to the U.S. for uh, for opportunities.
1: Yeah, and is a, a lot of this coming through the? Uh, and I you think you know better than me. Like, is the there's a visa program, or is it the e, eb B five or
2: yeah CB5 you know, and that's an interesting point, um, not only in Mexico but in that end, because well, as we've seen, there's a growing political volatility in the entire region, and you're now seeing kind of the patriarchs of like foreign families thinking about their legacy and the next in line, and looking to the u s as a way and EB-5 investments as a way to move their families into the U.S. So there will be a rise in EB-5 investments with a growing Latin American political volatility. In Mexico, EB-5 has been, <clears throat> um, has has considerable, uh, 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 like, attraction to it, but you're now seeing a growing interest by families that will not have the considered the, uh, uh, um, maybe five in the past. Why? Because everybody's, you know, there's a lot of insecurity down there. People just want stability and like a place to do business.
1: Mm-hmm. What are you seeing just um, from the U.S. side, um, as much as you know, relations between uh, the Mexican government? I mean, I, I know I read we read the paper here, but just the, me- the Mexican government relations with uh, our federal government, our U.S. government, um, from the business point of view, in terms of trade and those things. Has there been any uh, current friction or, thing- friction or things you're seeing going to the next few quarters um, The businesses, either folks in- looking to do business in Mexico or, or vice versa, in Mexico looking to come to the United States, should be aware of?
2: Well... So on the politics, of course, we we have to monitor Trump's
1: 2020
2: campaign and wait to see if he uses Mexico as a as a campaign item. Um, mm-hmm. But that's really we've we've actually seen a obrador administration that has been. Um, friendly and reluctant to engage in 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 political theatrics with the Trump administration. So we don't anticipate that being an issue um, um, in the future. Uh, Thus far, you know, the USMCA is a big uh, pending issue in cross border relations and we are of the opinion that nothing is really going to like happen on that end until after the 2020 presidential elections, because you are seeing President Trump kind of using that as a as a campaign um, point. And in Mexico, Mexico has ratified the USMCA, and it just went on the US. So you're actually seeing kind of a standstill um but 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 with the trump campaign coming up well that might change it's just something you have to monitor because with these two administrations you know like you take it day by day you have to have mm-hmm. quick and and that can execute fast because you never really know what's going to happen next
1: yeah i would say not even day by day probably just mark you know, as as twitter changes
2: right? <laughs> exactly you know <laughs> no, seriously right i mean
1: on all fronts and then um, just, you know, we're obviously in America right now, we're going or we are in the beginning, kind of the middle stages of uh, our campaign season for the for our 2020 elections. Um, are there any Democratic candidates to the business community, or at least pull back, have any of the Democratic candidates uh, just in your monitoring currently signaled in, in anything in their views on relations with Mexico business-wise? I mean, uh, the world, I think, is kind of a dominant thing, but have you seen any indication of, you know, um, on the trade front or anything else uh, regarding uh, our what, U.S. relations with Mexico?
2: Yeah, well, I think I want to, uh, uh, like, answer that question first by saying by a big shout-out to Beto. I mean, I grew up in the like forest of the border, and, you know, in Mexico, we were really looking at Beto, uh, his leadership in u.s mexico relations other than that um you know i think mexicans in general have grown a kind of um have been reluctant to take trump seriously now we don't really flinch at every tweet or like every adverse point he makes but we are keeping an eye on the, on the Democratic candidates. Um, however, you know, with the current Trump administration, we have learned that there's his political rhetoric and then there's his political execution. So we haven't really seen a lot of adverse um, reaction from the Trump administration on the economic side. So we are keeping an eye out. Um, we haven't really flagged any issues with our current Democratic candidate, uh, you know, but it's just a matter of going with the punches and mm-hmm. being proactive instead of reactive.
1: I agree. I agree. So I want to turn to some of the projects y'all, uh, Intermestic has working uh, on the ground right now. And we had mentioned one, uh, Skybridge in uh, and, and, and Arizona.
2: Yes, yes. So that's actually a first of its kind project. Our firm's founder Marco thought of this in 2015. And well, during that period, we did experience uh, two new administrations in, in DC and Mexico. But I mean, we got that. We got like the project we made it happen. And it's a 415 acre development in in mesa arizona which is a suburb of phoenix and it's the first inland joint u.s mexico um the operation in the country and so what this means is that we now have mexican customs at the airport in mesa arizona clearing goods for exporting to mexico so this not only saves client's money but it allows for a more like a speed and customs operation so we're really proud of that it's uh like a landmark investment and it's first of its kind and and so through this practice we're seeing an appetite for mexican like investors to look at texas and this so in the past mexican investors haven't really included uh, uh, like the upper middle classes and such. So we're now seeing a growing appetite for real estate investments in the Southwest. And so in Texas, you're now seeing a big capital fight they the point to cities like Dallas and Houston, and they're substantial investment. So it's just a matter of going down there, creating that that trust to Really catapult U.S. Mexico business forward.
1: I got it. And then for U.S. companies looking to connect or looking to kind of opt to operate Mexico City uh, beyond recommending they come to you, uh, what what advice would you give? Uh, like you know, so a U.S. company looking to open up a market in Mexico, and, and you know, and they ha- and knowing they have to go through the government to do it.
2: Yeah. So I think the most important advice with this you know, I miss this volatility is you have to talk with specialists. And not only technical experts, I mean like experts, but e- but experts who are also fluent in the non market actors, such as the politics.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Politics has never been so important in, in cross border expansion. Um in the past it wasn't uh uh like expanding into Mexico wasn't as risk prone as it is now so just talking to experts who also have those relationships to insulate and protect your investment from the volatility so it's really gotten to the point where any expansion strategy has to include the, the like normal market and non-market actors
1: well said. the strategy yeah. Well, Sergio, i want you to get back to your great work, and thank you for your time today. And we'll be sure to stay in touch. And yeah, I don't know there's a lot of interesting things. There'll be a lot of interesting things, uh, I think, going on between our, t- our two countries this next uh, this next cycle. And really see, curious to see how much it plays out in the market, uh, and ultimately too, who ends up in the in the White House uh, come January, next January, twenty twenty one. No, no, actually, AJ, thank you.
0: Hi, this is AJ. We want to again thank our sponsor, Regions Financial Corporation. With branches serving Central Texas from Austin to San Antonio and the Rio Grande Valley, Regions can help your firm with its M and A and investment banking needs, as well as specialty finance in the technology, healthcare, defense, and aerospace sectors. Learn more about Regions in the episode notes. Thank you for listening to today's BG Podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.